Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Matchmaker, a podcast from the Huntington News. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded back in the spring, so we do make some references to current events that are no longer current, but I still think you'll enjoy the episode. That being said, this is Hannah Rossman, your Media Matchmaker speaking. a media and screen studies major here at Northeastern University. And on this podcast, I will be helping guests find the movie, book, or TV show of their dreams. My formula is simple. A guest tells me about their favorite piece of media, and I recommend other media I think they might like. And then they all live happily ever after. Today's guest is Gabby Hernandez. She is a biochemistry major at Northeastern and a city staff writer for the Huntington News. She also participates in Northeastern University Science Magazine, New Hawk, and Acting Out. She is generally a fan of thriller and horror movies, and today she is going to be talking with me about the day after tomorrow. Hi, Gabby. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Oh my god, I'm so happy to have you. So, The Day After Tomorrow, an exciting film. It's always been one of my favorite movies. How could it not be? It's really (laughs) iconic. (laughs) So, The Day After Tomorrow is a 2004 climate disaster film that has become more and more prescient as climate change has led to increasing natural disasters and extreme weather events around the world. It did win Best Film at the Environmental Media Awards, as well as Best Action Sequence at the MTV Movie Awards, so it has some accolades to its name. It is based on the 1999 book, The Coming Global Superstorm, by Art Bell and Whitley Stryber. It was directed by Roland Emmerich, who was also a co-producer and co-writer on the film. Roland Emmerich is a super interesting guy. He is a German director who is known for his large-scale science fiction films. Prior to The Day After Tomorrow, he wrote and directed several highly successful films, including Stargate, which is maybe my favorite of his, Independence Day, and Godzilla, a funny film. Since then, (laughs) he's continued to create blockbusters, including 2012, White House Down, and of course, Independence Day Resurgence, duh. He has a new film called Moonfall that is supposed to come out this fall, so I'm kind of excited for that one. The Day After Tomorrow stars Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal as father and son, as well as Ian Holm, Emmy Rossum, and Sella Ward. It was a box office success, becoming the sixth highest grossing film of 2004. The critical reception was a little more mixed, with many critics calling it silly or pointing out scientific inaccuracies. But it also has its fans, and you are a big one, so for those... Of our listeners who have not seen The Day After Tomorrow, could you give us a little plot description? Yeah, essentially, so the movie takes all of these, like, weather extremes that we've experienced from global warming to the next extreme, right, in a very blockbuster CGI way. So the movie starts with, like, this gigantic hailstorm, and it's, like, snowing in India, and all of these fake scientists are having conversations about climate change. And it's really great because they're like, oh, this is going to be really bad. Kind of the same conversations we're having right now. We're like, oh, we're seeing some of the effects of climate change 
it's really bad. We should do something about it. And like politicians are like, no, we don't care that much. And then Dennis Quaid sees on his magic little science computer that, oh no, what we're predicting is actually going to happen over the next three days. Gigantic superstorms that kind of look like hurricanes that are like freezing America, like just freezing it to like the minus 50s or whatever. And that's how the movie starts. And that's the premise. And essentially we get like Dennis Quaid in one part of the world. His wife works at a hospital and then Jake Gyllenhaal's in New York for some sort of like decathlon meeting. Of course. Competition. Exactly. (laughs) As you would expect. And we essentially just get to see multiple U.S. cities be absolutely annihilated by superstorms. So like L.A. gets hit with like multiple tornadoes and New York gets completely flooded and frozen over. And it's all these characters, you know, what are we going to we can't really stop it anymore. So we can only save each other. And like, how can we save as many Americans as possible? And, you know, Dennis Quaid wants to just save Jake Gyllenhaal. So he goes on this epic quest. And it's super great to me just because, you know, I love disaster movies. I love bad CGI. And this movie's filled with just some excellent, excellent early 2000s CGI in terms of all the, the, you know, the like super storm stuff that they do. And I enjoy Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a great actor. I love almost every movie that he's been in. So he's really great in this. And he's also super young. Like he plays a teenager in high school. And he kind of looks it. I don't think he was actually a teenager at the time. He definitely wasn't. But he looks he looks very early 2000s. Oh, amazing. We love mm-hmm. to see it. A young Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. I mean, also an old Jake Gyllenhaal. Really all Jake Gyllenhaals. All Jake Gyllenhaals are amazing. You already kind of described it a little bit, but can you tell me why you love The Day After Tomorrow so much? So part of the reason why I like it so much is it's entertaining. It's exciting. It's really funny at times, but also you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? Not me, because I've seen it like 20 times now, but it's it's one of those movies where you're like, oh, I know there's going to be a happy ending, but ooh, the suspense. And I also really enjoy, like, I, I am a biochemist. I think climate science is really interesting. It's a fictional blockbuster movie about climate science, but they get like a few things right. You talked about it being based on a book. I had no idea. I'm going to have to read that book. But yeah, they talk a lot about like jet stream changes in terms of the atmosphere warming. And if anyone was following a lot of the science that people were talking about around what just happened to Texas, they were talking about how few climate scientists think that the atmosphere is warming and thereby the jet streams will change. So we're going to get these polar vortexes more often where you just have this cold arctic air in areas that don't typically get cold and you see a lot of that and you see that all a day after tomorrow is pretty much that's the plot like you're seeing snow in mexico and like all these crazy things so when i see things like that happen it immediately makes me think of a day after tomorrow because they just like watch the ocean freeze over and crazy stuff like that and i love that You know, it kind of gets it right. It tries its best, but it's just there to be an entertaining movie and, you know, maybe freak you out about climate change a little bit more. Exactly. You got it. You got to be worried because the day after tomorrow could happen, at least kind of. (laughs) Kind of. And, you know, we're starting to see that happen a little bit. And I'm like, oh, 
that happen in the day after tomorrow, even though that movie's definitely not 100% scientifically accurate. But you know what? We should be worried about climate change, and I appreciate I appreciate Roland Emmerich being like, let me take that to the next level with this movie. Exactly. And I think he does that. You know, some of the movies he mentioned, 2012 and White House Down, they're all these, like, crazy disaster movies. But he always tries to pull from these, like, environmental science bases. So that's really interesting that he does that and he has that, like, MO behind his movies. Absolutely. Well, I do have some other disaster movies to recommend for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if you like them. The first one is actually not an environmental disaster movie. It is more of an alien invasion disaster movie, but I kind of think it's amazing. I don't know. I'm a big fan. It is War of the Worlds. This is a very famous piece of intellectual property. It has been (laughs) remade so many times, but today I want to tell you specifically about the 2005 version that was directed by Steven Spielberg. Okay. It's an exciting time. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but 2005, you know, we're right in the day after tomorrow era. (laughs) There is some of that, that stuff that's kind of similar as the day after tomorrow. Okay. Steven Spielberg, he has a fair amount of sci-fi creds to his name. He made E.T. He made Jurassic Park. He made Close Encounters of the Third Kind, along with so many other movies. Um, Some of the best movies ever. Right? He's an icon. So, like, you know... He, he knows what he's doing here. He's, mm-hmm. he's ready to go. The screenplay for this version was written by Josh Friedman and David Kep. It is, of course, based on the H.G. Wells book of the same name from 1898, so a long time ago, but it's still relevant today. This was not the first adaptation. We all know that there was the Orson Welles 1938 radio broadcast version where... People thought it was actually happening, and, you know, people love to reference this version. That's probably, like, the most famous version, but that was a radio play. This is a film. It has those visuals that you do not get with a radio broadcast, and it makes a difference. It is scary. It's for real. It was nominated for Visual Effects Sound Mixing and Sound Editing Academy Awards, It's sadly lost, but I think those are well-deserved nominations because the visual effects are wild. Interesting to compare them to The Day After Tomorrow's visual (laughs) effects because they are kind of, like, different, despite the fact that they're from around the same time. But, like, they're doing different stuff. It's very interesting. Cool. Yeah. So this movie grossed over $603 million worldwide making it the fourth most successful film of 2005. So people liked it. They saw it a lot. It stars Tom Cruise as Ray, a deadbeat dad, with Dakota Fanning and Justin Chatwin playing his put-upon children. Basic plot description, what happens is Ray's ex-wife drops his kids off for the weekend with him in New Jersey so she and her boyfriend can visit her parents. And then, of course, aliens emerge from the ground and begin destroying everything and everyone in their path. It is really scary. They are mean aliens. They are not like E.T. They are not fun. They're (laughs) mean. They want to kill you. Ray and his kids are able to escape in a minivan and try to make it to Boston to reunite the children with their mom. But this proves to be kind of a challenge as the alien attack escalate. It's kind of similar to The Day After Tomorrow because it's like a father on a journey to save his kids. But it's also different because 
Tom Cruise is just, like, really playing a real deadbeat, honestly. Like, you're kind of not rooting for him. He kind of sucks. Who you are 100% rooting for is Dakota Fanning playing his daughter. She is truly 10 years old when this movie was filmed, and wow. she's giving a performance of a lifetime. Like, <laughs> she is doing the most. Um, It's, like, the best child performance I've ever seen. Wow. She's so heartfelt. Like, she makes me cry when I watch this movie. That's how real it is. <laughs> that sounds so cool. That sounds literally right up my alleyway. It sounds very similar to Day After Tomorrow. But exactly, aliens versus winter storm. Of course, right? You know, the yeah. two big fears in my life. <laughs> I also have to say it is narrated by Morgan Freeman, which... <gasps> Shut up. Right? It's some sparse narration. He's not in there a lot. But when it starts and you hear his voice, you're like, God is speaking. Yeah, and wait. <laughs> it's exciting. It is very important. That sounds awesome. I will definitely have to give that a watch and read the book, too. I've I've been on a mad Stephen King kick right now, but H.G. Wells is definitely on my list. I can't wait to hear what you think. You can rent it on Amazon, iTunes, Apple TV+, Vudu, YouTube. They all got it. So good, good. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> My next recommendation is The Birds. Have you seen The Birds? The Birds. I've definitely heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited to tell you about The Birds. <laughs> I think you will really like it. It is a 1963 horror film. It is by Evan Hunter and directed by the horror god himself, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. You may know Alfred Hitchcock uh, from directing Psycho or Vertigo or Rebecca or any number of iconic films. I truly love them all, but this might be my favorite. I don't know. It's definitely up there. It is very loosely adapted from a 1952 book of the same name by Daphne du Maurier. She also wrote the novel Rebecca, which Hitchcock had directed a film version of more than 20 years earlier. So... He's a fan of her work. This film is about Melanie Daniels, a San Francisco socialite who travels to a small town called Bodega Bay to see Mitch Brenner, a guy she has a crush on. And just as she gets there, the town happens to be attacked by malevolent birds. I mean, <laughs> what else would the birds be doing? I love a little, like, romantic spice in there, too, you know? Right? It is highly romantic and also yeah. just so scary. Ooh, lovely. <laughs> freaky. So Melanie, who is played by the fantastic Tippi Hedren, and Mitch, who is played by Rod Taylor, then have to work to save themselves, as well as Mitch's 11-year-old sister and his overbearing mother, who is played by Jessica Tandy, who you might know as Miss Daisy from Driving Miss Daisy. Hitchcock was infamously cruel to Hedron on set, which makes it a little hard to watch, like knowing that, but it is still undeniably a terrifying film, a highly entertaining film, and you have to respect it. Again, coming back to these visual effects, this is the 60s. Visual effects were just starting out, and this man really does make it look like birds are attacking this town, and that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, that also sounds right up my alley. It sounds so funny. I like terrifying, but like also hilarious. Okay, since you brought up that it's funny, I want to recommend there is this one sketch that maybe... It's just me, 
and maybe it's just because I love the birds, but it's basically this parody of the birds. And Kate McKinnon is playing Melanie Daniels, and she's like on the phone with John Mulaney, who's playing a police officer, and she's being attacked by these birds and the birds are just getting like increasingly creative on how they're trying to kill her. At one point a bird like pulls out a gun. I found it really funny. Oh, I'll have to, I'll I'll watch the birds and then I'll watch that sketch. So it sounds like they pair well together. (laughs) Yes. It is a great double feature. I love Kate McKinnon and John Mulaney. So it's gotta be hilarious. When it's the two of them, it's, it's hard to miss, you know, they're just killing it. So now I am ready to tell you about my next recommendation. This one might be a little wild. Um, okay. But I think, I don't know. I don't know. Hear me out on it. So my next recommendation is Melancholia, which is okay. a 2011 art film that was written and directed by Lars von Trier. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm so excited. Oh my god. Okay. This one, I don't know if you're going to like this one. This one was a bit a bit more of a risk, but Okay. We'll see how it goes. So, Melancholia is a 2011 art film written and directed by Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier is a truly crazy man who is perhaps best known for being just like wildly controversial and saying offensive things and then being like it was a joke. So, Ooh. that's a little tough to swallow. He also makes just really I don't even know how to describe these movies as anything but psychologically horrifying. Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't even call them psychological horror. Just like they are horrifying. Like they're, they're just disturbed. Um, and he's pretty clearly a disturbed guy. Melancholia is the second in his self-proclaimed depression trilogy. So if that gives, if that gives you an idea of what's going on here. This trilogy starts with 2009's Antichrist and is finished up with the two-part film Nymphomaniac in 2013. All of these movies, I guess it's technically four movies because Nymphomaniac has two parts. They are all about severely depressed people and and how that goes for them, you know? (laughs) This specific one happens to take place right before the earth is about to be destroyed. So, oh cool. That's All an right. Interesting twist. <laughs> it stars Kristen Dunst, we love her okay. as a deeply depressed Justine who is slogging through her wedding day to Alexander Skarsgård. Ooh, At- I would also be slogging through my wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow. Anyway, she is getting married at the sprawling estate of her sister Claire, who is played by Charlotte Gainsbourg, and Claire's husband, who is played by Keither Sutherland. Okay. And after <laughs> a rogue planet called Melancholia hurtles towards Earth. Awesome. Right? Right? A fun time, you know? Yes, yeah. The second part of the film then follows the aftermath of the wedding as Justine and Claire attempt to deal with their impending doom in very different ways that I think illuminates a lot about depression and the mentality behind that and is also just a really fascinating apocalypse movie basically because the world is about to end and these guys are like guess we just gotta resign ourselves to that yeah no that actually sounds incredibly interesting at first i was like oh like sad art film but the idea of just like the existentialism of like 
I'm sure, and I haven't seen the movie, but like she's probably like, oh, I hate my life. I hate this wedding. I don't want to do this. And then, oh no, the earth's about to be destroyed. Right. I, I like existentialism as a theme, so that sounds really interesting. Oh my god, then you might be a Lars von Trier fan, because he is all about <laughs> existentialism. He's like, how existential can I get? Huh, I'll have to give it, I'll have to give it a watch. These are it's all great. They sound like great suggestions. I'm excited for them. I am so happy to hear it. You can stream this one for free on Amazon. Okay. Um, and I have one more recommendation. This one's a bit of a funny bonus. I'm going to recommend Airplane. Have you seen okay. it? I have not seen Airplane. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you to see it. Okay. It is a <laughs> 1980 breakout hit of the slapstick comedy trio David Zucker, Jim Abrams, and Jerry Zucker. They okay. wrote and directed this movie. They are kind of an iconic trio. It is a spoof of disaster movies. And also airplane movies, which we love an airplane disaster movie because those ones are just extra wild. Yes, yeah. Um, right, yeah. Who doesn't love that? On this plane, truly everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. There is food poisoning. There is a dying child who needs a heart transplant. There is an out-of-control autopilot. There is scary weather. And, of course, there is also a melodramatic romance. So it's just chaos is what's it's happening. Chaos. It is true chaos on an airplane. <laughs> and the whole time the the lead is trying to land the plane successfully. Will he do it? We don't know. It features an all-star cast, including Robert Hayes, Julie Hadrady, Leslie Nielsen, Lloyd Bridges, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, among others. <laughs> what? Why are all these people in this movie? It is so funny. It is available to rent on Amazon, or if you have a Stars subscription, it is free on Amazon. <laughs> so I highly recommend. It is a fun one. Yeah, I, I love, I think what I love about these disaster movies is they're hilarious, realistically. Like, they, they are not meant they're not taking themselves seriously even like i don't i don't think day after tomorrow actually takes itself seriously so the, the fact that it's like entertaining a little scary but also like hilarious i i love that so i'm excited for that one that sounds interesting amazing yeah this one just really it takes the the comedy dial and turns it up to yeah. a like yeah. if if you thought any other disaster movie was funny this one's going to blow you out of the park. This, this one is intentionally hilarious. Yes. Oh, my God. Truly, so much is going on. So I really hope you like these recommendations. Yeah, I, I'm very excited that I haven't seen any of them. I've, of course, heard of the birds, and I've heard of War of the Worlds as a book, but I'm really excited to just sit down and have a movie night that gives me the same excitement and happiness that uh, Day After Tomorrow gives me. I love it. This makes me so happy. <laughs> well, that does it for our episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Yes. I am Hannah Rossman, and I'll see you next time here on Media Matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs>